Wow. Man. What a great year we had, right? Man, I tell you, that's what family looks like. That's exactly what family looks like right there. And that, that is so fun to be able to do everything that we get to do together. I tell you, uh, I am excited. Uh, some, of the, some of the other parts of these metrics is, you know, we, and just in hospitality alone last, last year, we were able to uh, bless everyone and serving everyone with $11,000 worth of hospitality that we spent just serving people who came through these doors. And that's, that's going to make sense in a minute as to why. And, and so I'll show you. I'll, I'll keep, keep going. Uh, we, we, we were able to earmark and give $41,500 away in missions last year. And, and then, yeah, praise God. And then don't forget... Don't forget that we gave $5,000 to another church so that they could move their vision forward as well here in Athens, Texas. So that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And uh, of that 41.5, we gave $18,000 locally. To Parachurch Ministries locally, we gave $18,000 here. So that's really cool. So uh, places like Men Unleashed, uh, Family Peace Project, Love in Action, uh, Rebecca's Project, all these, these ministries that are ground level, they're doing the work of the ministry. And so we're, that's what the church does. And we're better together. We can bring it in. One person can give it 100, but together we can give thousands. And so that's a huge part of it. That's, that's the big picture right there. We gave over $4,000 to Israel. We give our first of everything every month. That's right. So uh, 1% of everything goes to Israel every month as it comes in. And so that's cool. And then 19000 nationally and internationally. And some of that has been gifted and some of it's earmarked for international projects that were church we're working with in Honduras. So uh, that's really good right there. That, I think that's a, 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 exceptional. Uh, several thousand dollars just helping our own people. Uh, we, we just, we've helped our own people right here, some of you, and you, you know who you are. And so uh, that's, that's huge. And so that's part of it. We need to take care of home first. And our worship experience is not in, now, now it's Christmas of, Night of 2018 that we went to two services, we had 96 people in that service. Well, we've doubled in size since then, a year later, which is huge. And so we, in our worship experiences, 9 and 1045 uh, services, we had 5,560 people come through on Sundays just in 2019. And we had, that, that was adults. And, through, and kids, we had 1,382 kids come through in 2019. So that's 7,000 people that we served. Uh, that's many of them, uh, 7,000 people that we served. You know, that's huge. That's, that's a big deal. So what we're doing, that's when we say 11,000 hospitality. Well, we served 7,000 people. And, and not only that, there's a lot of people just coming in and through, and they're looking, they're looking for homes. They're looking for a place uh, to, call work, to call a place of worship with, them, uh, you know, with other family members. And so that's a huge part. But well, we're going to talk a little bit in a minute about how it resounds out. Now, on top of the, those numbers, there, we had 59 people go through Equip Track in 2019. That's where we, the people start to get plugged in. And most of those are actually now serving, are you and the GO team, and you were at the Christmas party this past year. And so that's, that's huge to have that many people come through and get, get plugged into serving. We had 60 to 70 people just at our Christmas party, and that wasn't even all of our GO team members. That is remarkable for a church to have that many volunteers, servants, that many people with servants' hearts willing to serve others. That's huge. 
Usually you have 10 to 20% of the church serving. We have about 50% of the church serving. That's, that's amazing. That is amazing. So, yeah, kudos to you guys. And then uh, we had two families actually give, full families give their life to Christ this past year, 2019. We had many rededications to Christ. We had actually two marriages that were, had divorce papers on the table, signed. And they, God restored their marriages. And so they are... That... To me, that's the biggest one right there. I don't know what it is, but that one right there is huge. And then uh, over 25 people we baptized last year. And fun, when we did our brown gra- uh, groundbreaking, we had just people kept coming. I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. So that was a lot of fun if you were there. And so, hey, I took some pictures yesterday of the building. And here we are right now. This is our pro- project moving forward. Um, there's the inside of it. We got it all framed up. We're running electrical and the HVAC's in there. Looks really big, doesn't it? Oh man, I can't wait. In comparison to where we're at, it's going to feel great. <laughs> it's, it's looking really good. Our subcontractors are doing great. They're moving forward really fast. And, and so, in fact, so, so fast that, I, I mean, I had to get this thing boarded up because we, didn't, we don't have our doors and windows yet. It's not a HUD home. It's not being condemned. I just wanted to board up the windows and doors because our garage doors will be in in a week and a half, and then our doors and windows will be in at the end of this coming week. And so they'll be installing those, and it'll be completely dried in. And then you know, just, it just stays. I mean, everything is funneling right now, so it's getting really busy. And so uh, thankfully, God has given us a lot of favor in all of that. So it's, it's going really good. Now, uh, you know, we have a, a huge leader, a huge vision uh, here at Thrive Community Church, and, and it, it doesn't have to do necessarily with the building, though you need a building to move the vision forward. And so there's so many things and elements that come along with a church growing and, and being productive and, and making an effect, a ripple effect in, in our community, but then also in other communities abroad. Uh, we, we, our heart is to develop people as God is calling them and moving them and, and igniting a fire inside of them. Well, we truly believe that every individual has a, a gift, a calling, and a purpose on their lives. And it's for that individual seeking the Lord and in nearness that they discover that purpose. Well, uh, that grows and that shifts and that has transitions of time. The purpose never changes, but what happens within that purpose does, because God forms us through different diverse experiences and, and sometimes pains and struggles and sometimes uh, unique details that are specific to our calling and our purpose that he, he develops inside of us. Well, we, the whole purpose of, of Thrive, what we're here to do, is one, one of the steps is using a building like that so that we can develop more leaders. Our heart is to have a leadership culture. And that, last week, like we talked about last week, that starts with self. Like until I start leading myself well, it's going to be difficult for me to lead even, lead even my family well, and then much less outside of that. So that, that like, just like when a, a water drop hits, the, hits a pond or a, a surface of water, it starts it starts right there at that point and then ripples out. Well, so does self-leadership and then leadership from there on. And that's the progression of growth in everything. We, we're creating an environment of health and love right here at Thrive Community Church, but then we develop people as leadership as the church grows. It requires leadership, and that ripple effect just begins to move out. And so 
uh, the heart of what we're doing is it, it operates in phases. And the one who gets to decide how these phases move forward is really God. It, it comes with our humility and our obedience, but then it's God deciding when everything is ready to move forward, okay? So, you know, this is a part of the first phase, obviously, of, of a church and the big vision. Um, being able to move into our own property, our own place to call home, is going to move forward that this phase of the vision as well, because we get a place that we can be we can be in, we can make it our own, we can make, be comfortable in, we can pr practice all kinds of things and prepare and train, etc. Well, that's a part of it because when, one, it is in our hearts is a transformation center. We want the community to come in and their lives to be transformed as many of you have experienced already here in this place. Uh, but we know that God, as you do that, healthy things grow. Now, growing things change and growing things have pains as well, right? Growing things do have pains. And so it's part of that struggle and that tension and that transition that really we start to grow and we grow up in Christ. Well, as we grow, we know that with the building we're going into, we already know our plan is to grow out of that. Well, hallelujah. You know, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't an accident that we built the building the size that it, as it is. But two things played. We need a place to go. But we also needed a place to one day have a, a children's, students, uh, home ministry. But then we're also going to turn some of those classrooms into freedom classes, discipleship, equip classes. Because it really it's time to bring some strong discipleship, freedom, and equipping back to the church. Uh, for too long, we've just been coming to Sunday school or Sunday, Sunday services, and we leave. Well, our heart to make transformation in the city and in ourselves, we've got to disciple, bring freedom, and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so as we grow out of this current building and then we grow into another building on the same property, we'll transform the current one into children's youth and then also discipleship, equip, and freedom classes classrooms. And so those will be going on at the same time of the 9 and 1045 services in our second building. That moves us into our second phase. I'm giving you big picture, five and ten year down the road vision so you kind of see where we're going with everything. Well, what's the purpose in that, Pastor? Well, the purpose is that we begin to use our leadership pipeline. We, we use things just like this as it's more of developing and creating and maintaining a, le maintaining a leadership culture because in the midst of all of this, as people are growing from serving to team leading to maybe ministry leading to area leading, God begins to pull at people's hearts and they realize, well, maybe I'm called to missions. Maybe I'm called to start a parachurch ministry just like the ones we gave $18,000 to this year that are serving different elements of the community. Uh, maybe it's to plant a church, a thriving church, a healthy, life-giving, engaging church. Well, that's ultimately the vision. Those things are the vision of Thrive Community Church because we know that places like Maybank, Gun Barrel City, Chandler, Tyler, uh, Palestine, you name it, these places also need life-giving, thriving, engaging churches to bring change to their communities as well. It's not all about us here in Athens, Texas, but 
if we, as we create this culture, this environment, we develop leaders, then God will speak to those individuals. And as they embrace the culture of what God is establishing here, and it gets inside of them, and they work through some stuff, and they realize, I can be steadfast through the trials of life. Because if, if you ever stepped into ministry, you know there's trials of life. And you will be tested, and there will be an enduring that must be must be persevered through, must be sought out. There, there's a lot of stuff that comes with it, and it's good. And the beauty of it is God is working us out of us so that he can have more inside of us. And that's, that's the tension. And so uh, we're, we're trying to create a loving environment so those tensions can, can come up and happen. And through freedom, that's the importance of freedom, through freedom we're able to wash that stuff through and overcome those things. And equipping, it's to hear, have those aha moments of revelation of, oh, that's why I had to go through that stuff. Yeah, that's why Jesus had to go through the cross. And so it's, it's for this. And so and that this is the inheritance right here. And so we're, we're, we're using this as a part of the, this is the vision to move the gospel forward, but it's also for the body of Christ to be strengthened, to be edified for the one day, and I don't think it's too far from now that Jesus has returned, and he finds an unblemished body that is engaging, and an engaging people, and it's thriving, and it's actually healthy, and so these communities need this. So I'll explain a little bit more as we go down, but but also we're trying to send out kingdom leaders, kingdom, kingdom missionaries, kingdom uh, uh, musicians, rather, kingdom businessmen, people that, that they just release the kingdom when it comes to their realm of life. Maybe it's government. Maybe it's spiritual leaders. Maybe it is. Maybe it's education, the arts and media. Those areas have been untouched with the gospel. In fact, they've been rejected with the gospel. And, and now they go and they serve God's gifts and talents in the world in worldly manners. And that's why we have movies, arts, music, etc. in the way it is because the, the church didn't know what to do with it because it was too radical of music for them or it's too radical of arts for them or it's too radical of creativity for them. Well, instead of helping to divert that into Christ, they rejected it. And now, now we're having to fight it back and get it, get, win the world back. And so that's the whole big picture purpose, and the details have to be lived out, and that's just where we are right now. And it's a beautiful, it's really, we're in a beautiful place, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, no, we're going to grow out of this building really fast, and I know that. We may be going to three and four services before too long, and that's okay. We, we, that's going to be fine. We, we, we are ready for that. But lastly, we're here to strengthen the inter- international, Delaney's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're going to have to develop two and three worship teams, okay? Let me just cast some big vision for you. And the international church, we're already working with other churches in, in Honduras to create this culture and help them understand big picture because sometimes it's hard to understand things that big because you think, well, well, this is all I have. Until you start moving the vision forward that God has given you, he's not going to provide the resources it requires to go there. And so... We have to be steadfast. That's what vision is all about, because without vision, people are unrestrained. But, we, but to have restraint doesn't mean to be in bondage. It actually means to be focused on the right path, God's path. And so that's what we're here to do, and it's all about Him anyway. So I'm going to break that down a little bit, uh, because vision is a team sport. And while, yeah, you may say, well, God, uh, God you're the visionary of the church, well, that's important, but it's equally and probably more important is that you are the ones that God is 
chosen to vision carry. And I'm going I'm to let you see this because maybe you have a business or you've been in a business. Maybe you've been to a fast food restaurant or any restaurant. And in fact, what you'll see is not only the culture, but you'll see the vision that is carried out by the person who is in front of you as you go into that restaurant, that employee that is right there. The person, if you're a fast food, you go to that front counter, you start to see what the vision really is. As you get your food at a certain time, you start to see what that vision really is. As the customer service comes back around to you, you start to see what the vision is because each individual that works in that place, serves in that place, actually is the vision carrier. Then as, as people talk about, wow, I had a great experience at this restaurant or at this movie theater, or at this, man, this, this, this business was just so serving and everything that they did, well, they, that's because they met a vision carrier that that was a representative of that place. So you guys carry vision. Break it down. As you guys are out and about and doing shopping and living and, and at Brookshire's or Walmart or at the counter or wherever you go, and God gives you an opportunity to talk about what He has done in your life at, through Thrive Community Church, guess what happened? You just imparted vision into another individual because you're a vision carrier. Now, it is something to be reminded of because... When you start walking around with bad attitude in places as well, guess what? Where do they go to church? They're not getting any teaching. You're a vision carrier, and so keep a check on that as well because you're vision carriers, and vision is a team sport. You know, Jerry Jones can't win games, obviously, but he sure does try to control things and the head coaches, and, and they don't, you know, it, it messes it up. But here, who's the real vision carriers? The players? the ones who are living it out, the ones who are doing it on the field, the ones who are making it all happen, and then the 80,000 fans that are out there watching the game and, and rooting them on whether they win or lose, that's the vision carriers, and that's the big picture. You guys are vision carriers. So uh, we even heard of people an hour and a half this week. I was talking with someone. Uh, an hour and a half away, uh, people are hearing about Thrive Community Church, and that's in two different directions. Well, that's huge. How does God use that? Well, as God begins to bring people the distance to come here and they encourage, they carry vision into the lives of others in their community, well, over time, as someone begins to raise up and say, you know what, I feel like God's calling me to plant a church. Great. There's already been an establishment of culture and of Thrive's reputation in that community, and now we can bridge the gap, and you're not putting a church in a place where nobody knows about Thrive. Thrive is already beginning to exist in those communities, so God gets to choose where that's going to be depending on who he brings over here. So there's very, a lot of strategy that God has for that, and that's, you know, we're going to grow in phases, and as we grow, that will happen. But God's vision is our vision. That's why here, when we're at Thrive, we're here to introduce Jesus. The, the first thing we want to do is introduce the real Jesus, not the religious Jesus, not the one with a bunch of rules and regulations. Yes, he has principles, and yes, as we love him and we grow near him, there's a lot of things we just don't want to do. It's just, it's just a byproduct of our relationship with him. And if we can share the byproduct of our relationship, our love relationship with Jesus Christ, well, it's going to be infectious. And that's one thing we want people to know, and that's why we, we do this right here. So we want people to know the real love of Jesus. We want you to be able to carry, be a vision carrier of the real love of Jesus. So no matter where you go into the community, people feel and they're attracted to the real love of Jesus because in every individual God has planted this seed that is desiring to be met and watered and by love. 
And as you carry love into these communities because you've experienced it and known it to be true in this place, now you're a carrier of the gospel everywhere you go, and now people are attracted to you, and you don't have to do the work. All you got to do is talk about Jesus and what God is doing in your life, and they're going to want that because they see it real in your life. It's not about a bunch of lists of do's and don'ts. And then we move into people into finding freedom. That's very important because this is a, a huge ministry to the church. Finding freedom, it's helping us to overcome the hurts, the habits, and the hang-ups of yesterday. And we all got them. We've all, as long as we've lived and as long as we will live, we will continually have them and we all have them. That's why there's an old creation and that's why when we become saved and in Christ, there's a new creation, but yet we're dragging old creation around because we don't know how to sever old creation from new creation. And that's why we want everyone to find freedom. And then once you do that, you start finding a little freedom. You start to, all of a sudden, you get vision and revelation for your own life because you're not looking at the bondages and the pains and the hurts of your old life. So once you start getting vision from God for your new life, all of a sudden, you start to find some purpose. And that's why we use these ministries, like you just saw in the leadership pipeline. We use these, these plans, these strategies, these systems to help develop people as God is, is developing them, and they are ready to make that call the next step. Then they start to discover purpose. You start to discover purpose. That's why you see Deb just flourishing with this hospitality, this guest services, this greeter team. She's engaging a host team now. She's putting together a parking lot team. I mean, she is just catching fire with this thing. And that, that's because she caught vision. She, she started having purpose, started feeling purpose. And there's many of you who are doing the same. Uh, Julie over there in sound and media, tech arts, video, everything over there, all that. Allie with her creative team and Jessica, just the graphics that you, you saw earlier, that's Jessica putting those talents together. The video that you saw, that's Allie putting her talents together. The worship team that you see, that's Delaney leading people into worship up here and bringing people in, the, the Brailies, the Noreens, and everybody in betweens and, and all that. It's, it's, that's as people are starting to discover purpose. Are they perfect, perfect and completely free? No. Am I? No. But I'm finding more freedom because I'm discovering even more of my purpose and I'm pursuing even more freedom. And what happens then? That's when we begin to make a difference. Boy, the life still starts to happen and we really start to make a difference, not only here, but in our families and in the world around us. That's when life actually gets good. We actually become the love, the hands, the feet of Jesus to this world. And that's exactly what he has designed and called and imparted and developed and everything else we created us to do. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the gospel a little bit or the word of God and I'm going to bring you Ephesians 4 because I really feel this is the heart of God for the church. Ephesians 4, 11, 12 says this, that, that he himself, Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, some, 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 for the equipping of the saints. Why does he develop leaders? To equip saints for the work of the ministry. You are the saints. You are the saints. God has called you into purpose. You are the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know Christ is wanting to be edified. His body is needing to be built up. And the person in charge of that is the saints responding to his call, saying, yes, here I am, Lord. Here I, yes, 
so that he may be edified. He, his body may be built up. So maybe, just maybe, it's time to keep a close watch on my spiritual temperature. Maybe I need to be a little bit more aware of what's going on inside of me. Because Ephesians 4.13 continues and says, Till we, how long do we serve, Lord? And it's like, until we all, until we all come to the unity of faith and the, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. How long do I serve? Until you quit acting like a child. <laughs> until, until there's full unity in the body, right? I mean, there's not unity in the body, so I guess I can't stop serving. I got to keep moving. I got to keep doing. I got to keep doing my part. There, there is, there's a part to play, and we're all spiritual beings. We're all spiritual beings having a temporary earthly experience. But so often we think we're just human beings, natural beings, and every once in a while we get a little spiritual, a spiritual moment. No. You think the other way, and things begin to change. we gotta, we got to keep a heart check on ourselves. we got to check that temperature. What's going on in my heart? When things start to happen, when God brings life my way, and I don't like it, what's going on in my heart? i got to keep a check on everything to see where I'm really at. Yet you, you, sometimes you say, well, man, I was really fired up last month, but I just don't feel it this month. I don't know what's going on with me. I was really excited. That's life. That's that's, that's where steadfast and perseverance and endurance starts to come in. And, and you, don't, you don't read the Bible just because you feel like it, and it's all, you're on a rush, an emotional high, and then I quit whenever I don't feel like that emotional high. No, you've got to get back into prayer. Get back, get back into devotion. Pick up a little version Bible devotion, by the way. By the way, our notes are always on version. You can download those, and you can see what this guy is talking about all throughout the week. It's all there. You can get on iTunes and podcasts and announcements you get it's all there it's all you can check out all that stuff but you got to move that needle oh am i moving the needle of my spiritual life forward at all and that's got to stay at the forefront of what we're doing romans 12 11 says this don't be lagging not lagging in diligence fervent in the spirit serving the lord got never be lagging i'm so tired don't lag don't give up. That's when I need to read more. That's when I need to press in. That's when I need to listen to something. That, I, that, that, that lag, that Latin lag, don't be lagging. <laughs> that, that lag that we get because I just don't feel right. Guess what? That's a, that is a lie that is ready to take you down a dark path, and it's going to be hard to come out of that thing. And I know, I know it really feels busy. I didn't even know 2019 was busy for Thrive Community Church. Guess what? 2020 is going to be busier. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that good? <laughs> you know what the gap is? The gap is of you being, being exhausted and overwhelmed is, is, are you doing it from God? Are you doing it from your own energy? Are you planning and preparing? Are you surrendered and yielding to the Lord? Are you just saying, oh, man, I got to do this thing. I got to do it and I got to do it. I, I, it's expected of me. I just got to do you know, are you doing as, as unto the Lord and you're serving, serving the Lord with everything you got? Or you, you got the fear of man and you're doing it just because man wants you to? There, there's, a, there's a huge tension in those. And this one's going to be rewarding and this one's going to benefit and this one's going to last till the end of times and this one's going to be burned up in the fire. You can do the same things, but it's from the place that you do it is going to say whether it's going to be eternal or burned up. And that's the heart that we have to carry. We have to be checked. Revelations 2, 3, and 5 says this, And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake 
and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm serving, I'm doing, I'm doing all these things that I know I should do for you. And he says, remember, therefore, where you, from where you have fallen, repent and do the, works, the first works. What is he saying? Man, you quit spending time with me. You had a bad day, and so you decided not to be in the Word. You had a bad day, so you decided not to talk to me, as if I don't know what you're doing. You had a bad day. You, you, you actually had a drink, and you thought, I'm, you shame, shame came over you. I saw you drink. I was right there beside you while you were drinking. You, know, you, you looked at that wrong sight. He saw that. Don't have shame. Get in the Word. Switch sites. Go to you version site. It's immediately transitioning back into, back into the Lord. Do the works that first, when you first fell in love with him, what is it that created that relationship and that strength that gave you the joy of the Lord? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. That's, and so, so sometimes you, you find freedom, but you've got to keep on finding freedom. You've got, you got to do a little freedom checkup every once in a while. Because whenever we go through things like whole, it's really just giving you some tools to give you freedom, but it's giving you tools to put to use so that you can continually walk in freedom. And one of the biggest struggles we have is we think we go through a freedom conference like whole and we're free. You are. But then life is coming right outside those doors and you have been given tools to use outside of those doors. And when life hits you again, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, what? that never worked. No, it did work. Now you've got to work it. And that's the whole point in whole. That's why we have it so many times. I know we're having some struggles up here. Uh, we have whole, in fact, this year we have whole uh, February 7th and 8th. You can register outside today. It's going to be two weeks from now. 7th and 8th, Friday and Saturday. It's free, completely free. Food, everything free. Material, we'll have it again in August, August 28th and 29th. But I'm telling you, don't say, I'm going to wait and go to August Go to August one. No, you need it now. You, you need it now. You, everyone needs to be in a free, have freedom and be at the whole conference. I'm telling you. I need it. I've been through it 11 times, if not, if not more. And I still need freedom. And I still need continual work. Uh, we also have whole, whole temperaments this year. Where uh, Elizabeth's going to walk us through understanding our personality type that God has gifted us with. And we have strengths and we do have weaknesses. We have, temp we have temptations and tendencies with our personality type that God has created us for. But, but also we have a lot of strengths and that's where we want to focus because a lot of us have natural tendencies towards certain sin because of our personality types. And when we get an awareness of that, we can have some boundaries and we can protect ourselves from going into that. But I'm telling you about the thing about education and understanding is knowing this is a struggle, so I need to veer away. I need to make sure I keep a check and probably bring some accountability in my life on this. We're bringing back encounter worship nights this year. Man, we're, the first Friday on campus, we are going to worship our hearts out as we move into that campus. We really want the presence of God to just be manifest inside of our new place there. We'll have them also October 31st, worship, Encounter Worship Night. I noticed this October, boy, Satan was at work. And, and I saw it on many faces in this place. And I saw it on many families. 
but we're going to come back and we're going to be worshiping on worshiping the Lord on 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 a Halloween night on October 31st this year. And then we have many lawn the worship nights on the lawn of our new facility uh, planned out so that we can just have worship outside and and everybody who doesn't want to hear it they're going to hear it anyway. And so so for many finding freedom actually requires developing true lasting godly relationships. Um, so maybe it's time for authentic relationships with other believers. Maybe it's time we do something a little bit differently because strong relationships actually increase our, and they develop, and they increase our healing and our freedom. They aren't easy though. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm good. I really don't need friends. What? I don't need to hang out with friends. Well, what about your, what about your other people? What about the people around you? What about your friend who needs a friend and you say you don't need a friend? Because the word says, consider your friend and stir them up. It says to stir up, stir up love and good works in one another, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see, that day's coming. Guess what? Your day of meeting Jesus is getting nearer and nearer every day. Whether he comes or you go, that day is, is nearing. And somebody's like ready to go now today. Praise God. That day is nearing. Man, where's your friends at? Where's those strong relationships that you need to help walk you into freedom and keep you into freedom? Where are they at? Where are they? Somebody just say, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm good. No, you're not. I can tell you, you, you ain't doing good. You ain't doing good. You need that friend in your life that can look at you and say, instead, we protect that and we get on social media and we think we've got all kinds of relationships on Facebook and Instagram. It is unsocial. That, that person is not there with you. There is no one around you to be social. What you're doing is giving them a false version of goodness of your life and you're acting like a hellion to the people around you, but you show all good stuff on here on social media. You, that phone is not going to look at you and say, you're not doing that good. You need, to, <laughs> you need to turn me off and go do something else. That phone is not going to tell you that. Get off of social media. Quit making that your social uh, release. It's, it's not real. Get, in fact, get on a team. Get, get with a team of people. That's why we have equip tracks the second Sunday of every month to, so that you can, we can on-road you to get around people who have the same values and are going the same direction so you can build relationship, pray with one another, be strengthened. In fact, Proverbs 13.20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise. We need some wisdom in the church. James 5.16 says to confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Some, well, I know we need healing. We need strengthening. We just need camaraderie around us. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I know many of you want some stuff to get done in your life, but it's not availing because we're not bringing the right people into our lives to confess and talk about stuff with, to get it out and open, and then pray with one another over. Proverbs 27, 6, and here's why we usually don't. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. When somebody says, no, you're not, you're not doing good, that, we get hurt, and we get offended, and we go hide, and we run from that, I can't believe they said that to me. They said it out of love. They said it because you needed somebody to love on you. You needed Jesus to step in and say, hey, you ain't doing good. And God used that individual to bless you with that, 
and you chose offense. How many times have you seen this and you try to speak love into somebody's life? But those are faithful wounds. Yeah, you may feel like it hurts that it's that very thing that's cutting the dead skin out of your, out of your lesion. You got to get it out. You need people that are going to wound you in a healthy way and you know that they love you because they're going to walk it out with you and be right there for you. You need them. You need those wounds. Join a Thrive, join a tribe, a thrive tribe. They're starting up February 23rd. They're coming fast. I would love to see every one of our church members in a Thrive Tribe somewhere. In fact, invite your friends that don't even come to church to go to a Thrive Tribe with you. Get some friends. Get some people around you. Get, get around some others that just that you know they're going to love on you. I, in fact, it was because of small groups. Whenever I was in Austin, Texas, I didn't even know what a small group was. I'm like, what are we doing? I was very skeptical. I, I grew up in a place where everything was about gossip. Everybody gossiped about everybody else's business, so I was really reluctant. But it wasn't until I got in this small group, and I knew people were trustworthy, because even when, whenever I tried to bring up something about somebody else, they just shut it down. Like, wow, that helped me, because I know they're not going to talk about me to somebody else. And that helped me to just get open and begin to find freedom and begin to find a circle of people that I could trust and really do life with and begin to develop lifelong friends. That was huge. It's important. And it's scary at the same time. But you got to do it. you got to do the work. you gotta, you got to do a little labor in order to get to that place where you're actually gaining and building trust with one another and friends. And this whole thing's not going to happen until we, we strengthen our relationships with a little bit of extra hard work. And in fact, it was through that small group that they encouraged me to get baptized. I had never been baptized. And so uh, that's why we do, and not, that's not only why, why we do baptism, but we have our friends actually encourage us to be baptized. And I love to see, see Thrive Tribes where they're just baptizing their own members. That would be wonderful. People are getting saved. The, the gifts of the Spirit are moving in their homes, and people are getting baptized. And people are wanting to invite people, other friends, to come to their small group, their Thrive Tribe, so people can get saved, set free, delivered, and baptized. That'd be huge. But we do it here uh, every fifth Sunday. I mean, I'm sorry, every month with fifth, with fifth Sundays. But we don't have to do it that much. If you start doing it, you're a saint. <laughs> you got a bathtub. You got a pond. You got something. Go baptize people. Do it. Do it. But we need also, uh, sometimes we don't, we don't even, we don't even make, take some of these steps because we either think too highly of ourselves or we think too lowly of ourselves. But in reality, we really need to see ourselves the way God sees us. I need to see me, me the way God sees me. Allie this, morning, this, this week was getting very vulnerable with me. I think we were coming back from Tyler, and she was kind of broken about something, and, and I didn't even wait to find out what it was, but I, uh, I was just, <laughs> she was talking to me about she was convicted over something, and she was talking about how God was, God was going to deal with her whenever she got to the gates to go into heaven, and I said, Allie, don't worry about that one bit. I'll tell you exactly how he's going to handle you. I said, as soon as, as soon as you start, you get there, and you start to defend why it is you did what you did, he's just going to say, never mind, just come on in. I don't even want to deal with it. I don't even want to argue with you. I know how you're going to be right no matter what. Just come on in. By the way, theologically, I don't believe that to be true. I'm just saying it out of humor. Saying it out of humor. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works, which, he, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You're created on purpose for a purpose. God created a purpose, and then he created you. Man, that's, that's 
very refreshing to know. That's very refreshing that already you have a purpose to walk in. Now I just got to get near him so I can discover what that thing is. And then I got to walk in that. And I just start doing good. Romans 12, 3 says this, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to, the, not to think of himself more highly. That's hooperphaneo in the Greek. For anybody that wants to know some Greek language today, it means to think arrogantly. Think so highly of yourself. Well, I don't serve because that's just beneath me. I will not put out a sign. How dare somebody see me putting out a sign when I'm, I'm who I am? Or then it says this, for he ought, think, he ought to think uh, more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Soberly means to think exactly of who you are, exactly where you're at. Don't think too low of yourself. Don't think too high of yourself. But be exact, be sober in your mind about exactly where you are and who you are and the person that you are right now, and when we're humbly open to be exactly who we are, guess what? That creates room so God can actually elevate us and lift us in his time. As God has dealt to each one of the me- a measure of faith, he's given every one of us faith. For as, he, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. It'd be crazy if we were all trying to do the same thing. God has gifted us with different, different gifts, and yeah, you know what? I shouldn't think so highly of myself, and I shouldn't think so lowly of myself. I really need to have a right understanding of who God says I am. We have many members that do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. It is important that we all do our load and do our part. In every family, everybody has a responsibility. And that family member that doesn't have a responsibility is spoiled, a brat, and is hard to deal with. You know it. (laughs) You know it, right? Because everybody else is doing everything for them, and that person is just spoiled. And that's why last week I said, you are hard to lead. (laughs) You (laughs) have struggle leading you. Because oftentimes we can be that individual too. I can be that individual. I can be a spoiled brat inside. I can have those feelings. I just don't have to listen to them. Those are things that I actually, in that moment, I have, to, I have to overcome because of who I'm serving. I'm not serving man. I serve God, but I get to serve you by serving him. When I'm out there doing work on the church building, I'm praying for all of you. I'm praying for the ones that God's going to bring. I'm praying over every, every relationship, every financial situation, every, every marriage, every broken person just like me that's going through there. I can't wait to see it. I can, I, when I'm out there, I just vision all kinds of people having fun all over the place. I love it. Ephesians 4.15, continuing in Ephesians, says, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things into him. Our biggest challenge and our biggest purpose first is to grow up into all things in Christ. In every area, I need to become more like Christ. The only way I'm going to be a vision carrier, if I grow up in more to be more like Christ, who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part does its share. We all have a responsibility. That's what's caused the growth of the body for the edifying of itself. Man, we, it's time for us to just start to get plug in, plugged in, whether you're registering online, you're filling out one of our response cards, or you're coming to Equip Track. There are, there are many ministries within the church where you can join and become a enveloped by team members, by teammates 
you can start to have this camaraderie. I tell you, I haven't seen somebody pastor like Deb has been pastoring all these teams in a very long time. She has taken ownership of loving those who are serving alongside her. Man, it's beautiful to see. Watching Delaney step in and just love on people on Tuesday nights, helping them developing, develop their gifts. Well, that only happens when you step in and just start serving on some level. It only, it only happens when I start thinking less of me. Number four says to live for heaven and not, the, not earth. Because this happens when I give me up and others become a priority. In fact, I've heard it said this way because so many of us, in fact, nine-tenths nine of the church has yet to find its purpose. And that's sad. Because we've all been created for purpose and with purpose. But nine-tenths have yet to find its purpose. And I think because we have the wrong strategy. So many of us are seeking out what we want to do and what we think is our purpose. But in reality, I've found in my own life, and I've found that it actually is proven that our purpose is on the other side of the street of what we want. Break that down. When I start giving up what I want, when I start, stop pursuing what I want and what I think my purpose is, and I start investing my life in serving others, all of a sudden God does a work and he says, oh, you're not going to be about you anymore and you truly are going to have a heart for others. It's at, it's at that point that purpose starts to chase you down. But in the midst of you trying to pursue others and try serving others, and if you're carrying this old nature of, well, this is what I want, and this is what I think I should do, and this is, you're not ready, and God is still pruning that part of your heart so that he can develop your perspective from you and into others. Because God is extremely concerned about others, and so he wants vision carriers who carry the vision of God that is extremely concerned about others. And until we're concerned about others and, and we stop being so concerned about us, we will always be our own hindrance to finding our own purpose given by God for our lives. That's huge. That is huge. That is huge. That's, uh, we have a, I've heard a testimony this week about an architect in Atlanta, very successful architect, but in his church he saw a need for a special needs ministry had no desire to have any involvement in the past with special needs. However, he saw that there were many special needs kids coming to his church, and so he noticed that there was a gap, and he thought, well, I'm not doing anything else. I guess I could do this. He gave up on himself, and he started thinking about those who had a need, and there was nothing to serve that need. And in the midst of that, in the midst of developing that ministry, God began to melt his heart for this people group that he before had no interest, no desire, no, no need, no, no interest in serving. And now he travels around China helping, helping develop special needs ministries that are really, they're, they're, they're in a worldly perspective, but they're, they're, they're Christian-based because in China you just kind of have to work differently. It all started with just seeing a need and being willing to serve others beyond his own busy self and his own desires, and that this thing started to happen. I, another testimony of a banker. One, one thing that, that moved Ali and I uh, passionately when we first started leading missions teams was a banker. He was, 
He barely even came to church. In fact, he sat on the last row every time he come to church. But then the Spirit of God hit him one day, and his heart melted. He came to the front, and he and his wife just gave their lives up. They sold their boats, they sold their houses, they sold everything that they had, and they actually moved to China to start an orphanage for mentally challenged kids, kids that would have been thrown away otherwise. Threw everything, threw, sold it all. He's actually a president of a bank. Barely even come to church, but gave it all up when the Spirit of God hit him. Beautiful. And so we use things like leadership nights, which we have April, May, June. We have in August as well. Those are important to develop and create culture and vision. We have that's serve days this year. Even tonight is a love thy neighbor. We're getting together with other races, other, other churches, and we're becoming one church here in Athens, Texas. We're meeting at Allen Chapel tonight at 5 p.m., to serve and worship with one another, as we should be. We've, we've got to lead the charge in helping people see it's not about one church, it's about the whole church. I always say this, we should be invested, giving and serving in one church, but we should be in relationship with the whole church. When we mess that up, there's more division within the church than there is unity. And we've got to fight that thing back and release, get rid of religion, and move back into relationship. And then finally, this year, later in the year, we're going to take whatever we have left of kingdom builders, and we're just going to give Christmas. We're going to, the families that have a single, single mother family, single father families, we're going to have a space where we'll buy, buy new gifts for kids, new things, and they can just come through and they don't have to pay. We just already bought it, and they just have to choose it, whatever it is that they, they couldn't afford for their kids. We're going to give Christmas at the end of the year. Philippians 3, 18 20 says this, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Isn't that sad? Like, I want to be a vision carrier, and I'm in Christ, but I don't act like I know him. He says it with tears in his eyes. There are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ, that they are headed for destruction, and their God is their appetite. And there's nothing wrong with having things. God has given you a lot of things. The problem is when we fall in love with our things. And now all of a sudden, it's our appetite being fulfilled with things, and they'll never sustain us. They're never, they're, they will never fully please us. He says they brag about shameful things, and they think only about the life here on earth, this life here on earth. But, we're, but we, we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. We need to have a sense of urgency knowing that our Savior's coming. And we need to be thinking, is this what I want Him to catch me doing? Is the life I'm now leading, the things that I'm now doing, and how I'm now supposed to be honoring Him, is this what I want Him to catch me doing? The big question is, am I participating in the body? Or am I only benefiting from his church? That's a big question. And that hits every one of us in the face. What am I doing? 
Am I participating? Am I just benefiting? And that's the challenge I want you to ask the Lord today. So I want to pray for you, if you will, get in that place where you know you hear from the Holy Spirit, and ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because Paul writes, the eye, he hopes the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. And this is the big trial, and this is the thing that I've been trying to say all day is this. Because you may be asking, what is my inheritance? What do I get out of this? Well, if I give up me and I start serving others, what, what's in it for me? Psalms 2.8 says this. He says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possessions. Henderson County is your inheritance. Your Thrive Tribe is your inheritance. The team that you serve alongside is your inheritance. The area where God takes you, the people involved, are the inheritance. Everything that God is doing is trying to persuade our attention to be focused on others because others are our inheritance. And when we see others as our inheritance, as God sees them as our inheritance, we begin to make a difference. But we can't make a difference until we start to connect to purpose. And we can't connect to purpose until we start to find some freedom. And we'll never find freedom when we really don't believe Jesus is love. And so we need to release the love of Jesus. But we've got to receive it first. So Father, I just pray for every individual that they are catching your vision for what it is that you have for their lives and I pray that we're able to co-labor together in your bigger vision as we serve the vision that you've given at Thrive Community Church with all of our gifts and our talents and our abilities and all of our selflessness, Lord. I pray that you just use us, that we may experience the power and the fellowship of the, the resurrection as Jesus Christ did. May we become so humble to where we desire to feel the same things that Jesus felt on the cross because it's all about others and it's no longer about me. Father, help us to be selfless in this 2020 decade. Father, help us to overcome self. Father, lead us in the right path. Lead us from going right or left, but to be steadfast forward. Lead us into our next steps. Lead us, Father into those bigger things. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you in this place. Maybe you're here and you need prayer. And I, we have a prayer team after this. And we want you. We want you to come forward and not leave without prayer. And maybe you're here today and you're like, man, it's time for me to get started doing something. And if that's you, I just want to ask you to raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know it's not easy. It's that first step. It's that initial first step that changes everything. So, Father, I pray for grace. And I pray for boldness. I pray for courage in this place. I pray for strengthening. And I just pray for hope to be restored and renewed in the lives of every one of your saints. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.
Let's just stand up and let's worship God one more time because He is good.